hate. It's Captain Roger from the Grass Valley Corps of the Salvation Army. Grace and peace to you all today. Welcome to our online worship and study time. We are uh, taking a break from our journey through the book of Acts for a bit so that we can properly address the Advent season. Advent is that time of the year where we celebrate our thankfulness for the birth of Jesus the Savior. Even though Advent doesn't properly start until December 3rd, it seemed good to me to pause this week at last and remember what it can mean to be thankful. After all, it is nearly the American Thanksgiving Day, and while the modern celebration of gluttony in televised sports has almost nothing at all to relate it to the Pilgrim celebration back in the 1600s, there is plenty of false history about that event which persists for Americans of European descent. So much so that I always feel obligated to pause and acknowledge that while Thursday will be a nationally ordained Thanksgiving Day, that for many indigenous people it is appropriately observed as a day of mourning for the destruction and genocide of hundreds of native cultures and hundreds of thousands of native people across North America. So, before you sit down to partake in your equivalent of the original Thanksgiving feast of carrier pigeon, eel, and venison, take a moment to contemplate that most of us do so because of the privilege won for us by our ancestors slaughtering the original inhabitants of this land so that we could enjoy it. Now, while a fuller understanding of the history behind the holiday has perhaps dampened my enthusiasm for some of its cultural adornments, I really do think it is important for us to spend some time reflecting on things that we're thankful for. And those of you who know me at all are well aware that I am ever and always thankful for any day which makes pie the center of its celebration. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Let's start with a story. Two men were walking through a cow field when they were uh, spotted by an angry and territorial bull. It charged their direction, and they began to run for the nearest fence, but the bull was storming along, and it quickly became evident that they weren't going to make it. One of the men shouted to his friend, Pray, John, pray! But John yelled back, I can't! I've never prayed in public in my life! The first guy was hysterical. You gotta pray, John. That bull's about to catch us. All right, all right, panted John as he ran. But the only prayer I know is the one my father used to say every day. And then he began, O Lord, for what we are about to receive, please make us truly thankful. Yeah. What are some things you're thankful for? Think, Think it through. What are some things that you're thankful for? And you know, while you're thinking about that, What's something you got for Christmas last year? Do you remember any of the things you got for Christmas last year? Let's just think, think if you could come up with one or two of those. Now, raise your hand if you plan to shop at any of the Black Friday sales. Oh, yeah, Black Friday sales. Woo, come on. A number of years ago, when uh, uh, my middle daughter was in college and still at home, she decided to hit the early sales on the day after Thanksgiving. Now, this is my daughter who had trouble dragging herself out of bed at 11 a.m. if she didn't have a class to get to. She was up and leaving the house at 4.45 a.m. Friday morning with a friend who also had trouble thinking of morning as a time to do more than sleep. And they were in line to get into Best Buy for an hour before either one of them thought to ask why they were shopping there. It turned out neither of them knew. It's just what they thought they were supposed to do. Now, what value 
do you place on the things you buy or that other people buy for you? When you think about the things that you've been thankful for over your life, the ones that really mattered to you and that you can still remember years later, how many of those are things? How many of those are, are, are stuff instead of being people or places or events that have happened in your life? Yeah, probably not a whole lot, huh? This week, we have two very American events coming up. We've got Thanksgiving, a holiday in which we profess to put aside all else and celebrate the things that we're thankful for, those intangible things which mean more to us than any other. And we also have the start of the Christmas shopping season on what the retail stores call Black Friday, a day dedicated to single-mindedly chasing after material possessions. Ironically, we celebrate those two holidays one right after the other, and since we will have all spent Thursday resting and contemplating good things, on Friday everyone will be in a great mood and ready to spread a little holiday cheer, right? Which leads to wonderful Black Friday news stories like these. From a manager at GameStop, the story of the mother who had her child poop on the floor rather than get out of line. In Cascade Township, Michigan, a pregnant woman and a 13-year-old girl who tried to help her who were trampled by shoppers forcing their way into a 5 a.m. store opening. At an electronics store, a manager reported, We had a lady call the police on our store because we sold out of a TV. I really wished I was lying. And they came, too. In fact, even office supply stores saw the holidays start with violence. One woman reported her experience at Staples. She said, I watched two grown men get into a brawling fist fight over a $30 label maker. And it wasn't even the last one. People are nuts. Um, now, there are more stories like this. In fact, there are a lot more. But I think you get the idea. And if you would care to see more, check out the website. I'm not kidding. This is completely true. Check out the website, blackfridaydeathcount.com. Yeah, or any of a dozen others like it. All you got to do is search for Black Friday horror stories, and they pop up by the hundreds. Now, these stories come up all over the country every year, and I've seen scenes like this while I've been out with kettle workers on Thanksgiving weekend, or uh, I remember them from uh, years ago when I was in retail. And what I began to realize is that for most people, Thanksgiving is really something they celebrate one day a year and then forget about. Then I began to wonder if there was any way that the faith journey we're all on can help us to keep a little extra thankfulness in our lives. Because I'm thinking that even a small group of people like us could spread thankfulness like a virus, infecting one person after another with a little of whatever it is that helps us realize how the real treasures in life aren't discounted laptops or the clothing that we fight for at a clearance table. So I looked to my favorite reference book to see what I could learn about Thanksgiving, and I found this. Psalm 100. It's called the Psalm of Thanksgiving. I'm going to read it from the New International Version translation. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, as I read this, verse 4 really stood out. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. See, thanksgiving, really giving thanks, is linked directly with praise. And that makes sense. When you think about what you're doing when you're being thankful, you're really offering praise to God for what he has done in your life. Whether that is connecting you to a certain family or giving you a certain place or time to live in or certain clothes that you can go buy at a giant sale. When I say, I'm thankful for my family and the food we have to eat like I will on Thursday, what I'm really saying is, praise God for my family. Praise God for turkey dinner and praise God in the highest heaven for that most awesome, amazing gift to his people, pumpkin pie buried in whipped cream. Right? Oh, yeah, and uh, thank you also for, for Jesus. Yeah. So with all that in mind, how can we work to keep a little of that going in our lives all year so that we can spread it to other people? The answer, I think is that we need to value the things that praising God does for us. When something is valuable to us, we think about it more. So if praise is valuable to us, we'll think about it more and remember to do it more. And then people will see more of whatever it is that praise does for us, and they'll think, I wish I had more of that. And they'll start valuing praise more and doing it more. And then other people will see them and think, oh, I wish I had more than that. And so on and so on and so on. And then by this time next year, people will be so full of praise and thanksgiving that anyone who's waiting in line all night to get that cheap laptop will politely let folks cut in front of them because they will be so content and thankful for what they have that they won't mind. All right, maybe not, but we've got to have a goal, right? Because the praise we give directly benefits us. The praise we give directly benefits us. It really, it does. It's strange, but it's true. Giving praise to God brings an increasing awareness of the many blessings in our lives already and keeps us watching for more. So we should all make a point of praising God. It grows our blessings, which in turn can help us grow our faith. Now, there are three ways three ways. Sorry, it's the preacher and me. I got to do things in threes. There are three ways that praise directly benefits each of us. I'm going to unpack or pack, you know, with each of them so that we will all be able to value praise and thanksgiving a little more. All right. Everyone take a deep breath. First off, praise improves our faith. We spend a lot of time focused on our faith journey here. Um, We want to really know what it means to be willing to follow God and rest on God's promises no matter what. Psalm 103 verse 2 says, Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all of his benefits. If you need some help remembering a few of the good things that God does for each one of us, read Psalm 103. It is full of those good things. Now, many people are weak in faith. Maybe they're early on in their faith journey. Maybe they just see little in their lives to praise God for. 
I once met a man at a, a community Thanksgiving dinner who said he was thankful because he woke up that morning. And any day God sees fit to give us is a blessing we should remember to thank him for. And because this man started by being thankful for this small thing, he was able to bring himself to go outside and look around, and he found our little core gathering, and he realized that he had more things to be thankful for than just breathing. And the more he praised God, the more he realized that he had other things he could offer praises for. That's a sign of his faith being improved by offering praise. Now, did he have doubts about whether he had anything to praise God for? I bet he did. You can't wake up thinking that the only good thing in your life is that you're still breathing if you don't have doubts. But the power of praising God for the positive things in his life led him to greater things, and that is what it can do for each one of us as well. Praise improves our faith. And faith is important. As we've been working our way through the stories of the people of God, we've seen how having faith pleases the Lord. We've also seen how the adversary is always trying to put roadblocks up to keep us from continuing on our faith journey. Praising God is a great way to break through those roadblocks, letting us continue on to that next level of faith. Now, the second way praise benefits us is that praise inspires hope. Look at Psalm 42, 11. Psalm 42, verse 11. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Now, we cannot praise God and continue to be discouraged. Praise works like medicine curing an infection. It courses through our soul to bring hope. When we come to God and thank him for even one thing, we realize it's our hope that one thing will continue. We, we, when we praise him for that one thing, we want it to keep going on, right? And when we praise him for that one thing, we'll start to see other things that we hope to praise God for as well. When we praise him, hope just naturally follows. You can't avoid it. Think about Jesus for a moment. Jesus, Jesus Christ, he's called the hope of the world. That's because he can meet our needs in a way that the stuff we buy in stores or get as gifts under the Christmas tree can't even come close to. In uh, Psalm 33, verses 20 to 22, the people affirm their trust in the creator of heaven and earth, the God who saved them and made him, made them his uh, people. Psalm 33, 20 through 22. We wait in hope for the Lord. He's our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Now, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, we receive the joy of forgiveness. We receive the peace of cleansing and the hope of eternal life. It's our praise, our thanksgiving, that inspires that hope. Now, isn't that amazing? Doesn't that make you want to go out and infect some people with thanksgiving? Well, praise can help us with that, too. Uh, that's the, In fact, it's the third way praise directly benefits us. Praise increases our love and joy. Psalm 5, verse 11 says, 
Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Those who take refuge in God will sing joyful praises forever, and all who love his name will be filled with joy. Now, I'm not saying that when you put your put your trust in God that it means you're going to have to sing for the rest of eternity, all right? Um, singing joyful praises, that could just be the, the thrill of, of awareness of what you received, all right? But all who love his name will be filled with joy. That's what we want. We want to be filled with joy. When you're filled with love and joy, that kind of crowds out all the bad stuff, doesn't it? When you get all happy, you have trouble sharing anything but praise. Praise keeps us from hostility and resentment and hatred and strife. The more we praise, the more we're filled with love and joy, and the more we want to praise. Praise increases our love and joy. Mother Teresa told a story in an address uh, to the National Prayer Breakfast way back in uh, 1994. She said, One evening we went out and we picked up four people on the street, and one of them was in the most terrible condition. I told the sisters, You take care of the other three. I will take care of the one who looks worst. So I did for her all my love could do. I put her in bed, and there was such a beautiful smile on her face. She took hold of my hand as she said two words only, thank you, and then she died. I could not help but examine my conscience before her, and I asked, what would I say if I were in her place? And my answer was very simple. I would have tried to draw a little attention to myself. I would have said, I'm hungry, I'm dying, I'm in pain, or something. But she gave me much more. She gave me her grateful love, and she died with a smile on her face. Gratitude brings a smile. It becomes a gift. Praise increases our love and joy. Praise is a treasure. Do you want to see a promise? Let me show you a promise. Look at Revelation chapter 19, verse 1. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. People who offer praises to God in this life will also praise him in eternity. We can be part of the vast crowd in heaven who gets to say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. We can experience that true love and joy. And that promise is a treasure. Another story. Uh, in uh, 1987, a man named Rob Cutshaw, he owned a little roadside shop just outside of Andrews, North Carolina. He would hunt for rocks and sell them to collectors or jewelry makers. He knew enough about rocks to decide what to pick up and sell, but he was no expert. He left the appraising of his rocks to other people. And as much as he enjoyed his work, it didn't always pay the bills. So he also uh, did like a firewood thing where he'd cut and sell wood to keep food on the table. Now, when he had been out on a dig back in uh, 1969, Rob had found a rock he described as purdy and big. That's <laughs> uh, my best southern accent, sorry. Um, now, he tried to sell this rock, but he couldn't find a buyer who would pay what he was asking. And eventually, he just kind of tossed it under his bed. He was certain that this blue chunk of rock was worth as much as $500. 
But he would have taken something less if something came up, like, say, he needed to pay his power bill or something. That's how close he came to selling that for just a few hundred dollars. A few hundred dollars for the largest, most valuable sapphire ever found at that time. After 18 years, 18 years, Rob finally took that rock that he had dumped under his bed to be cut and polished. And it's now known as the Star of David Sapphire. It weighs nearly a pound, 2,111 carats. And uh, in 1987, it was worth two and three quarters million dollars. Yeah. So here's what I want to leave you with today. It is a question of where your treasures are and if they are what you think. When a rich young man came to Jesus and asked him what he needed to do to get to heaven, Jesus pointed out that true treasure is that that you find in God, not what you collect here on earth. But the man valued what he had here too much to let it go. He probably would have been one of the people climbing over the countertops to get to the sale items. Now, Rob Crenshaw, the rock seller, he thought his treasure was what he had in his stand. He never gave value to the real treasure he had. He left it hidden under his bed. He spent 20 years living as if he were poor when the reality was he was wealthy beyond what most of us could hope for in earthly things. Now I'm telling you right here and right now, we have a treasure greater than either of these men. Did you know that? Do you value it more highly than the things you collect here? Praise directly benefits us. Praise improves our faith, it inspires our hope, it increases our love and our joy. One last story, and then I'll close this there. In Budapest, a man went to his rabbi and he complained, Life is unbearable. There are nine of us living in one room. What can I do? And the rabbi answered, You have a goat. Take it into the room with you. The man couldn't believe this advice. He thought, well, that's dumb. But the, the rabbi insisted, you do what I say and you come back to me next week. So a week later, the man came back. And at this point, he is totally miserable. He said, we can't stand it. That goat is filthy. Even though we've washed it, it stinks. It's horrible. And so the rabbi said, well, you know what? You go home. You let the goat out and then come back next week. The next week, the man returned with a peaceful glow all around him. And he said, oh, life is beautiful. We enjoy every moment of it now that there's no goat. It's just the nine of us. When you praise God, you grow your faith. So what are you thankful for? What praises are you going to offer to God today and each day? And what treasures do you have hiding under your bed? Who among us would like to grow their faith today? If that's you, raise your hand. In fact, let's start with the basics. If you woke up breathing this morning, raise your hand. Yeah, praise God. If you're thankful for any one or more of the people who surround you, either here or somewhere else, raise your hand. Praise God. If you're thankful that you will eat at least one meal today, raise your hand. Praise God. If you're thankful for the beauty of the world around you, raise your hand. I can't tell you how grateful I am for where I get to live. Praise God. If you're grateful that Jesus came so that we could meet God in the flesh, so that we could be saved from our own sour and souring dispositions, so that we could be part of that great gathering in heaven, let me see you 
um, I guess, see you say, hear you say, let me see you post, hallelujah, right? Praise God. If you couldn't praise God for Jesus because you haven't met him, please know that he would like to meet you. All it takes is a willing spirit. You can claim the promise of God for yourself and let his joy and love fill you with gratitude and praise from this day into forevermore. Don't wait for Christmas to claim the gift that he has for you now. In fact, pray with me. Pray with me. Abba, Father, we come before you today to thank you and praise you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for giving us breath and life and for allowing us to wake up this morning. Thank you for sending your son so that we can have hope. We place ourselves under his teaching. Thank you that we will be able to praise you in eternity just the same as we do here. We place ourselves under your rule. Thank you for the sunshine that you bless us with. Thank you also for the rain. Thank you for putting real treasure into each one of our lives. We are grateful for the world that you created. As we leave our gathering today, help us each to remember to praise you for everything we can think of so that our faith can improve, our hope can be inspired, and our love and joy can increase. And then, Lord, teach us, teach us how to infect those around us with the same need to praise you so that the whole world can share in your treasures, too. We make these requests under the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, amen. Remember, whoever you are, wherever you've gone, wherever you think you've got yourself to, you have nothing to fear because God is already there. You can't go anywhere. God isn't. Grace and peace to each and every one of you this week. See you next time.